0: Hello, welcome to Off Curve, I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from work. It is Monday, April 8th, 2019. We are less than one day away as I record this from Rise of Shadows dropping, from Year of the Dragon starting, from all the things, and I am very excited. I got I got myself to a pre-release yesterday um, at the Burlington Mall in uh, in Burlington, Mass. And, and if I saw you there, um, I was happy to meet you. Um, was there, I, you know, got to hang out with, uh, Danny Donuts and Ray C from Met, and both awesome guys, um, went up there with one of my daughters, um, and let her open my packs for me, which was, was fun. She's actually like two of my daughters have tried playing and, and this is the third daughter that hasn't. Um, But she liked opening the packs. So we were opening the packs and we were setting up on a, um, they had a whole bunch of like, it was at a Microsoft store. So they had like this area in the back of the Microsoft store where they had a bunch of tables lined up like in a circle, which it was actually a pretty nice setup. All things considered, like I've gone to a, I went to a fireside at a local game store before and I wasn't particularly impressed with it. And it wasn't very, it wasn't very well organized. And this was, I mean, they had their, their share of problems, but, uh, you know, cause they like, it took a little while when I was trying to get in that I registered through Smash GG, but it didn't make it to the store whatever, but they got it, they got it all sorted out and they had a pretty nice setup there, uh, with like a, a big screen where they could show the bracket for the tournament they were running and, and, you know, everything was all set up with these nice, uh, you know, big ginormous like 17 inch gaming laptops. And so she's, she's, uh, logging in and, and opening all of my packs for me. And she doesn't know anything, does? But you know, she knows what a legendary is because I'm stopping her to take a picture of it uh, every time that every time she opens one, she's like, "Daddy, I noticed that it makes these huge explosions when uh, when you get the legendary." I said, "Yes, I want you to get as many explosions as possible." <laughs> so, but she had fun. I, you know, she just kind of brought her iPad and hung out. I, I played through the tournament, got about halfway through, and then um, I, I there is a crazy game story that I will not retell on this sto- on this podcast because. Um, as you know, I do the card reviews over at the Happy Hearthstone, and I told that story last night. We recorded the first half of the card review episodes, so I will point you there uh, for that uh, because we have a lot of decks to talk about. I have a, I have a lot of theory crafting that I did, and I'm going to try to get through as many decks as I can as quickly as I can over the course of this commute home. Um, but in any event, I got five legendaries. I got Katrina Muerte. I got. Uh, Blastmaster Boom, I got Lucent Bark, uh, what are the other two that I got, actually, um, I got Lucent Bark, I got Chef Nomi, and I got Swamp King, ha- Queen Hagatha. so I made up pretty well for my 81 packs, and then I'm gonna open up probably another 90 or so, um, on stream, hopefully I'll be able to get my wife to co-op, as usual, um, so you'll want to go to twitch.offcurve.com to follow me there, and, um, should if, if we do that, I mean when we, I will I I'll be streaming regardless. It'll probably be somewhere between eight and nine Eastern uh tomorrow on, on Tuesday if you're listening to this. And um please do make sure to make your way over to the Happy Hearthstone to listen to the card review because there is a lot there. But so I again am not gonna talk about those cards because I just spent three almost three and a half hours talking about them last night. Um uh, but I w- I've been theorycrafting some decks pretty much since the uh reveal stream on Wednesday. So I want to go through as many of those as I can and kind of talk about what I'm thinking. I don't know if these are decks you're going to want to play on on day one or not. I certainly wouldn't craft anything for any of these decks. But I would say that these are kind of what I'm thinking and maybe some of these are viable. Very often I'm wrong with these, but every once in a while I find something interesting. And and I I think it's a good process because you kind of learn what the, the cards that go together and what actually makes the cut when you're trying to fit these cards into a deck. All right, so let's start off with Priest, as one would expect, because I'm me, and I'm going to make a Priest deck, and I don't care if it's good, and but that that's what we're doing. So, I, I you know, there's Silence Priest. I don't really love Silence Priest. I'm not convinced it's going to be good without um, Inner Fire and Divine Spirit being able to get pulled out of Shadow Visions, but I did start looking at what was there, and I do think that there's, like, a tempo... I don't know about tempo. Tempo's probably... A little bit of a stretch, but it's like a mid-range death rattle priest that I think is interesting. So uh, this is what I ended up with. Um, we got two circle of healing, two forbidden words, which are the which is the the zero cost or, or it's not zero cost, but you spend all your mana destroy a minion with attack equal to or less than uh, that mana cost. Um, two Nor- two northshire cleric, two spirit of the dead, two akenai phantasm, uh, two dead ringer, two loot hoarder, uh, Madame Lazul. Uh, one Shadow War Death Two Hench Clan Shade Quill Two Convincing In- Infiltrator Um Hench Clan Sh- Shade Quill is the 4 7 4 7 4 Drop that uh, restores five health to your opponent when it dies. Convincing Infiltrator is the five drop that's a 2-6 taunt that uh, kills a minion, a random enemy minion when it dies. Um, two copies of mass hysteria, two copies of Reckless Experimenter, one Ziliax, one coffin crasher. Uh, two Mechanical Whelp, a copy of of the Dead, and Katrina Morite. So the general idea of this deck is just kind of making big butts and then you know, value trading and then eventually just kind of overwhelming your opponent with them. Is this viable? I have no idea. I, I, It's just like a bunch of cards I just want to try playing with. And this seemed like a reasonable approach. I do think Reckless Experimenter, again, I've said this over and over again, I feel like Reckless Experimenter is going to... Get a lot stronger in this format when it's not competing against everything else, because like Reckless Experimenter into Coffin Crasher is pretty strong. Reckless Experimenter into like Mechanical Whelp is, is strong. Like and and just getting those Death Rattles back from Katrina Muerte and ideally, you're landing a Katrina Muerte along with a Spirit of the Dead, on nine, so that if they kill the Mac- the Katrina, then you get another one in your deck and you get the chance to, um, to get Katrina. Resurrecting Katrina, which is pretty good. Um, this might want like some some Witchwood Grizzlies. Those are pretty good. But I'm not I'm not really going all in on the resurrects because I don't believe in mass resurrection so much. But I think that, you know, Katrina Muerte is enough end game power, hopefully, to carry over the edge. But this might need You know, this might need Mass Resurrection. It might be the Coffin Crashers, like the odd man out, and that needs to be, like, one Mass Resurrection for late game or something like that. But this is what I'm thinking about for a Priest deck. It looks fun to play. I did get a Katrina Muerte. I have zero problems with crafting a Madame Lazul day one. Um, Like, I I don't know. Like, I would not... This is a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do type of thing, because I will craft it because I'm going to play Priest. I, I don't know how good Priest is going to be so you would probably want to hold off on it. But I, I would imagine it's going to be a pretty safe craft if presees sees any play going forward. So next up is, a, is an aggressive burn mage. And I'll be honest, I'm not super sold on this, having played it at the fireside in the deck recipe. But this is kind of my take on it. So it's uh, two copies of Elemental Evocation, which is the Innervate for Elementals. Um, you have two copies of Arcane Missiles, one magic trick, which discovers a spell that costs less than three. Two copies of Ray of Frost, which is the twin spell that freezes a minion and does two damage to it if it's already frozen. Uh, two copies of Shooting Star. Blood Mage Thalnos. Two Frostbolt, Two Mana Cyclone, which is the two mana two two that returns all, that gives you a random spell for every spell you cast so far this turn. Um, two Sorcerer's Apprentice. Two Spellzerker. Two Arcane Intellect. Two Cinderstorm. Stargazer Luna. Two Cosmic Anomaly. Two Fireball. Two Vex Crow. Two Archmage Andonitis. So. Um, the, the Vex Crow is kind of my addition to this deck. Um, and I'm not sure if the zerkers should be, ma- should be the, uh, the Frogs or not. I'm probably, you probably want to try them both ways and see which one is better. I don't think you can run both because there's just not enough room. Like you need a, a critical mass of cheap spells to really be able to do anything with this deck. And when I played it, it was basically like the, um, the, the play style was basically just Stick our Han tonight is make a bunch of fireballs and then hope your opponent can't heal, and that's not my favorite way to play. And maybe there's a better way to do this, but it feels like you need so many cheap spells. It, even more so now that you don't have any of the the, the secret synergies that you used to have. And you don't really. I mean, you could run Mana Worm in that two drop spot too, maybe, but it, it feels like even a two mana, it's not great. But you know, maybe there's another another way to build this deck that's a little bit better, uh, or maybe it just needs more support, I don't know, but uh, that's that's my version of it, so you can give that a spot, a shot if you... Uh, I mean, it's cheap, if nothing else. As long as you have Archmage Antonitus and Thalnos, and you don't even need Thalnos, you can just put in another spell damage minion, you're pretty much good to go from that point. So at least it's a cheap, spe- a cheap deck you can run day one if you need to. Uh, so I also have a uh, Tempo Burgle Rogue, um, which is... Again, I talked about last week about Spectral Cutlass, so this is how I was trying to work that in as the, the target for the raiding party. So you have two Backstab, two Prep, two Deadly Poison, two South Sea Deckhand, two Eviscerate, two Sap, two Blink Fox, Edwin Van Cleef, two Hench Clan Thug, two Raiding Party, two SI7 Agent, uh, two, uh, two Hench Clan Burglar, two Spectral Cutlass, one Ticket Scalper, two Vendetta, uh, Leroy Jenkins, and Myra's Unstable Element. So I, I was, if you've listened to the card review, we were talking about Undercity Fence, and which is the two mana three four or two mana two three that gets plus one plus one in rush, if you're holding a card that um that isn't from your class in your hand, and you'll notice that's not in this deck. And I think the problem is that you just have so many different things you're trying to do, and and maybe there's a more streamlined version that doesn't go in on the Burgle uh, mechanics. But I think the thing is that Hengeclan Burglar is such a good. Hard as the four-drop, especially because you really want raiding party to get as your draw engine, that it's hard to get all the burgle mechanics if you're gonna go in on spectral cutlass as opposed to like Necreum Blade, because you really don't have any death any death rattles. Um if you're doing that, then you really need some more just just kind of more burgle mechanics, and you don't really have room for the undercity fences. And and ultimately, like you're not they're not doing all that much for you if you're not running like Pilfer. Because you're, they're rarely going to be active on turn two. It's going to be a later a later play. And then, you know, how much is three damage that you have to attack with really worth to you? I don't think it's as great as it seems. Just because of how awkward it is to activate it on one. Now, that could change as we get other Burgle effects. But right now, Pilfer's not great. You really want to be able to, you know, activate the Vendetta. You want to be able to activate the Spectral Cutlass. But, you know, having too much relying on that. Like, you don't have that many cards from other classes you basically have blink foxes and hench clan burglars and that's really it um so you don't you don't really want to go all in on that and maybe that's not enough i don't know maybe maybe a few extra swings is not worth the spectral cutlass maybe it should be running academic espionage i mean there's always that's a way you could go too um but that's my first pass at it i'm sure somebody who knows rogue better than i do will do a better job with that so that brings us to Control Warlock, which is one of the the archetypes I'm a little more excited about. Um, so this is uh, two Voidwalker, two Belligerent Gnome, uh, two Cheaty biter two Plot Twist, two Inferno, which is the it does one damage to the board and gives all your demons plus one attack. Uh, two Shadow Bolt, two Hellfire, one Shadow Flame, one Spellbreaker, uh, two Deathweb Spider, which is the um, I forget the stat, I think it's a 4-6, it I forget how, what the stats are on it, that gets lifesteal if you've taken damage on your turn. Um, two Omega Agents, one copy of Ziliax, two Anansi Broodmother, which is the 4-6 four, six, four, six for 6 that uh, heals you for 4 when you draw it. Uh, two Siphon Soul, one copy of Archvillain Rafam, one copy of Lord Godfrey, uh, Fell Lord Betrug, one copy of Twisting Nether, and Hakar the Soul Flyer. So... What you're trying to do as your end game is you you know, and I talked about this, I believe, on the last episode. Is the dream is you get Fellord Betrug, and then you plot twist, and you draw Hakar, you rush a card to something, it dies. The next turn you've with all the cards you've drawn, you've also gotten an Arch villain Rafam. You play Rafam, you change all the bloods into legendary minions, and then you laugh maniacally. Um, you know, some of the again, some of the control tools it's it's hard to build a control deck for a new meta just because you don't necessarily know what you're going to have to play around and what you're going to have to counter so this is just kind of a a decent collection of good control tools there may be some um some ability to swap some of these things in and out You, you probably are going to want to settle on like two shadow flames or two spell breakers uh maybe the belligerent gnome isn't the answer maybe the the Maybe the safeguard works its way in here. Maybe you don't need siphon soul on top of everything else. Like, there's a lot of different ways you could build this. But I think that that kind of stally, you know, just draw a bunch, get to your get to your betrug uh, plot twist win condition, and then um, you know, and then just blood your opponent to death strategy is kind of a fun way to go. I don't know if it's good. Again, I I know I keep hedging with this, but it's hard to know what's going to be good. And I know a lot from from having done this a couple times. Most of these decks do not turn out this way, but even if I've got just kind of a, ger- a gem, a germ of an idea, then you know that's that's worth pursuing. So this next one is one that I'm a little bit more optimistic about, and and a lot of it is because I took. If you remember when I was, had the episode with ridiculous hat a couple weeks ago, um, I talked about um, a temper warrior that I got from Seijahong, uh, and who's one of the the moderators of the uh, Hearthstone subreddit. And how I thought that it didn't really lose that much, and that what it was losing was kind of opening up for some other things to work their way in. So I took that shell and I built a Tempo Warrior out of it. I put bombs in because I think they're probably just decent tempo tools. Um, like the, the Clockwork Goblin is basically a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three that does 5 face damage eventually. Um, and then if you're going to do that, you may as well play Blastmaster Boom. You may as well play one copy of Wrench Caliber. So what I ended up with was one Eternium Rover, two Town Crier, two copies of Battle Rage, two Execute, one copy of Sweeping Strikes, two copies of Warpath, two copies of uh, Clockwork Goblin, two Frothing Berserker, two Rabid Worgen, two Court Cron Elite, two Militia Commander, one Wrench Caliber, which is the weapon that throws bombs into the opponent's deck, um, one copy Darius Crowley, one Zilliax, one Soul Threes. Two Amani Warbear, one Blast Baster Boom, uh, one Dr. Boom Mad Genius, a Kali the Rhino, and a Gromesh Hellscream. And and the Sweeping Strikes is a card that, you know, came up in discussion on the card review. I will, again, refer you there, but the the idea is that Sweeping Strikes is. it does your minions damage. It's a it's a two-mana spell that makes that minion deal its attack uh its attack damage to adjacent minions. So what that does is it turns into Scourge Lord Darish's weapon, and there are a number of cards that synergize off of that in this deck. I mean, first of all, just a militia commander sticking that on there and doing five damage to three minions is pretty strong. Darius Crowley will get plus two plus two for every minion he kills. If a Kali will draw you a rush minion and give it plus five plus five for every, uh, every minion it overkills. So, it's really a pretty strong card, and I mean, you can also just you know, trigger Grom with a Warpath, well, I guess that's a, that's too much mana, but, you know, if you get a Grom on board, you get it to stick, you could put a Sleeping Strikes on it and just, like, blow up an opponent's board, though you probably want Grom to go face. I mean, let's let's be honest. But there's a lot of different things that you can do, especially with a bunch of Rush Minions that have initiative to be able to take advantage of that, and I think that's a pretty interesting concept. Um, the Executes are in there, and maybe the execute one of the Executes becomes a Sweeping Strikes. I don't know. I, we'll have to test it and see if it's as good as I think it is. But I think this is one of the sleeper cards in this um, in this set, and I think that a Temple Warrior could be a really great place for it to shine. So it wouldn't be a in session if we didn't have a Murloc Shaman. So uh, two earth shock, two Grimscale Oracle, two Murloc Tidecaller, uh, two Toxfin, which is the one-two that gives poisonous to a, to a Murloc. Uh, two Bluegill Warrior, two Direwolf Alpha, two Ghost Light Angler, two Soul of the Murloc, two Underbelly Angler, which gives you a Murloc for every you play, um, two Cold Light Seer, two Flametongue Totem, two Warlock Warleader, two copies of Witch's Cauldron, Scargill, two Bloodlust, and Leroy Jenkins. Um, I, I think that the, the Witch's Cauldron is kind of like, I feel like you need card draw in here, and, and the card draw that you need may not actually just be more, more Murlocks from your deck, because if you're at the point where you need card draw, you may not just want to put more fish on the board. You might want to be looking for something else to do to get your board back or whatever. And and so is Cauldron, I'm looking back to the when it was really powerful in Odd Paladin, and I imagine it could probably do the same thing here, and you'll be getting Shaman Spells anyway, which you're going to synergize with. I'm not 100% convinced about Scargill. I don't know if you really need it. Like, this is a deck that's going to be killing your opponent very quickly. Um, Hence the Leroy. Uh, I know that... the I think the deck recipe version tops out at Hagatha, and I don't think you want Hagatha in this deck, I think you just want to kill your opponent, and that's why the Earthshocks are in there, to just be able to to silence a minion without having to run, like, a spellbreaker, just be able to do that for one mana, and that's, that's one of the benefits of playing Shaman, and, and again, I don't know that you necessarily, like, you could probably pull a couple of the Murlocs out of here and then run, like, Lava Bursts and Lightning Bolts, but I, I think you need kind of a critical mass, to be able to, to get that damage in the first place. Like, I don't think you want to be drawing burn spells, but maybe you do. I don't know. Um, you know, and ghostlight angler with, uh, with an underbelly angler is pretty, is pretty sick value, uh, especially if you can drop a Witch's Cauldron next to it. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not... I, I think Murloc Shaman is probably going to be fairly reasonable to counter, but it is going to be something that you're going to be dealing with a lot um, day one. Okay, so now we come to one of my favorite decks out of this list. This is something I was working on together with a Ridiculous Hat in my Discord, which you can also come join in at discord.offcurve.com. Uh, so this is more of a control mage. And I'll run through the list, then we'll talk about it. So um, two Daring Fire Eater, two Doomsayer, two Frostbolt, one copy of Kagar, two Spirit of the Dragonhawk, two Conjurer's Calling, which is the three-mana spell with twin spell that says uh, destroy a minion and then summon two, copy, two minions of the same cost. Um, two copies of Frost Nova, two Messenger Raven, which is the three-two minion for three that uh, discovers a mage a mage minion. Um, two Arcane Keysmith, two Polymorph, one Blast Wave, two Zilliacs, two Blizzard, uh, one Safeguard, two Astromancer, two Flame Strike, uh, the Dragonhawk, and one copy of Power Creation, which uh, summons two copies of a six ma- of a discovered six mana minion. And and I remember when we were talking about this that. There's also the 5-drop the that's a 4-5 that does 4 damage if you're holding a spell that costs 5 or more that we probably want in here, maybe more than the, the Messenger Raven. But this is kind of the, one of the first versions that we landed on. Um, Spirit of the Dragonhawk is in here because you really need it in order to be able to... Um, in, in order to be able to trigger Vigenele consistently, you're not, you're not going to be rely on doing 2 damage a turn anymore, so you kind of need to amp that damage up to be able to get it out on 7. Um, Safeguard's a pretty interesting minion just because it's a, you know, it's a big taunt that also drops another taunt behind it, and then you can use Conjurer's Calling on that to get a 0-5 taunt and then 2-6 drops. Um, Astromancer may be what we pull for the 5-drop, actually, because... And I think I'm probably going to make that change before I post the list. Because uh, Astromancer may be difficult to get value out of in this deck, but the, uh, the one that does 4 damage, and I forget the name of it, but you'll see it in the list when I post the link on uh, offcurve.com. Uh, that is uh, pretty strong, especially because you're likely to have one of those spells in your hand a lot. And then, you know, you can, Conjurer's Calling, I think, is really a, another sleeper where you can roll a random effect, or you can get a minion that summons a minion, like a janalai So you could, on turn 10, you could janalai and then um, Conjurer's Calling the 4-4, and then you get two 7-drops and a rag, which is pretty good. You get to run Doomsayer Frost Frostnova again because you're not running Dragon's Fury. And Khadgar's in there for all of the summon effects, which even come out of the Death Rattles as well. So I, I like this deck. I think there's some tweaking that we can do to it, obviously, but I kind of like the idea and I like trying to figure out ways to abuse Conjurer's Calling because it feels like a card that's ripe for abuse. Okay, and one last one that I'm gonna talk about, I've got a dragon paladin that I'm not super excited about that I'll also throw in the show notes and then you can just go look at. Um, I did put, start putting together a demon zoo that's revolving around sacrifice um, mechanics. And so this is going to run two copies of Flame Imp, two Grim Rally, two Soul Fire, one copy of the Solarium, two Void Walkers, two Demon Fires, uh, two Evil Geniuses, which destroy a friendly minion and then give you two Lackeys, two Knife Juggler, two scarbag, two Void Analyst, uh, two Doubling Imp, two copies of Inferno. Two copies of Rafam Scheme, uh, two Ratcatcher. Again, we talked about that on the last show. Um, one copy of Leroy Jenkins and two copies of Jumbo Imp, which is the 10-man the the 8-8 eight eight that gets cheaper for every demon that dies. Um, I toyed with Spirit of the Bat, but Spirit of the Bat just feels too slow. Um, doubling Imp may just not be right for this deck if I'm not hand-buffing. Um, but it also just gives you two minions that can benefit from Grim Rally, can val- benefit from Inferno. Um, Soul Infusion may just be better in this deck than something, and I'm not quite sure what. Um, this is just kind of trying a whole bunch of zooey type minions and seeing what sticks. And there's going to be some combination of these that works. I really like the Rat Catcher, um, especially if you're like grabbing a Scarab or something like that. Uh, you know, I like the Demon. Demon Fire is a pretty flexible tool that we haven't gotten to play because Kaliseth. and then Grim Rally also is a is a good Death Rattle trigger. Again, we don't have a ton of Death Rattles in this deck, but we have a lot a bunch of just You know, squishy disposable minions that we could just keep throwing in our opponent's face. So this is a nice aggressive take on a zoo. There are probably some card changes that we can make to this too. I know I keep saying this for every list. Um, And and it's very possible Jumbo Imp is just not better than a Sea Giant. And I think that's one of the things I want to try to find out with a list like this is, is Jumbo Imp worth playing? Do you play it with Sea Giant? Do you just play the Sea Giants? I, I kind of feel like you don't have room for both. But I'm not sure which one is going to be is going to be better in the long run. I mean, I guess Jumbo and can come out for free. Sea Giants also can, but it's a lot harder, and your opponent has to be playing an aggressive deck as well. All right, so that's going to do it for me for today. Um, I will post the links uh, both on my Twitter at WickedGood uh, and also in the show notes at offcurve.com. Uh, for all these decks you can try them out again I would recommend you not craft anything specifically for these decks please don't because you're gonna make me you're gonna make me feel guilty if you do <laughs> but um, these are just ideas to get you started kind of think about how you might want to build some of these things very often the theory crafted decks are never as good as the ones that are refined from some play and trying out different cards but it's just a good starting point so you know these are these are fun decks these I will probably pick one of these on stream tomorrow night after I open my packs. Um, again, you can follow at uh, twitch.offcurve.com if you want to watch. Um, it's usually a lot of fun. My wife, Maureen, will come and open her packs and make fun of me most of the time, which everyone seems to enjoy. So you want to come and, and hang out for that. And um, so, and you can also come hang out on the Discord at discord.offcurve.com and, and leave a review if you uh, if you are so inclined. If you want to support the show, you can leave a review on iTunes. Or you can uh if you if you are generous enough that you want to support the show directly financially, there is a a link in the show notes as well that you can see either in your podcast client or at in the episode uh page on offcurve.com. So I hope you're all excited. I, I am really ready to start tearing these cards and say goodbye to Baku and start playing a different kind of Hearthstone. I am very, very excited. And I hope that this feeling lasts for a while. It doesn't always. And, you know, I would I want one one word of caution I want to give you before the new before the new year starts, is that it's very possible a lot of the time to, um, and this this is kind of a special case where it's going to be less like that, but it it is possible to, you know, put all of your dis discom- displeasure on external things and like only when the rotation happens things are going to get better. There are always going to be things that your mental state is going to how your you approach the game mentally are going to help you um deal with better or not and a rotation isn't going to help that so do make sure that you're not putting everything on the rotation because if we do have like one degenerate deck for a couple of days before it gets countered it can be kind of frustrating and i think a lot of people tend to get very disillusioned very quickly in a new meta so just keep an open mind if you're if you're getting frustrated by one popular deck, you know coming out everywhere, which will happen. Remember the, that the Shutterwalk, the bad version of Shudderwalk Shaman, uh, around this time last year, was kind of the you know the the terror of the meta at the time. Just you know take a break, go do something else, play at Arena Run. You're gonna you know you'll get your you could get your free Arena ticket with the ten dollar pre order when it opens, or you can you know, or you can play wild a little bit or, or, you know, go take a break and do something else and it's okay. Um, but try to, you know, stay positive and try to see the good in the meta for what it is. And if there's a problem, then we'll talk about it. But until then, um, good luck. I hope you enjoy opening your packs. I hope you get everything you wanted. I hope you get to play every deck that you want to play. And I hope that you have as much fun as you're hoping to have. So, um, until we talk next, um, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.